0: morning. Uh, We want to take this opportunity to welcome everyone, especially those who are watching and joining us online this morning, as well as everyone who is physically here in the auditorium with us today. If you're here with us uh, watching for the first time online, or you're here physically with us on the campus for the first time, Or let me say this, or it's been a long time since you have been here. Uh, We'd love to have a record of your visit with us if you would go out to our website. Uh, There's a connect card out there. You can fill it out for us and then hit the button that says uh, submit at the bottom of it. It comes directly to us and we would like to be able to correspond with you. But we're glad that you're here. Let me ask you this question. How many of y'all are happy to see the sun shining outside well, if you're happy to see the sun shining outside, the sun shining on the inside, let's stand together as Brother Red comes and leads us as we worship our God and how great He is this morning. voices, praise the Lord Sing with me. Oh, Lord our God, when I in awesome wonder. Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. We thank you for the privilege that we have just to worship you. Father, there's never been one like you, never will be. And Father, I thank you today that you never change. And Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have to even call you our Father today. Father, our hearts. Father, my prayer this morning is for them to be encouraged, to be challenged. Father, to be uplifted. And Father, we look to the Holy Spirit this morning to do in our hearts. What only you can do. And Father, I pray this morning that we would realize and understand that the only reason that we're here today is because of you. Father, for your love knows no ends. For your grace given so freely. And then, Father, for your mercy. And Father, as the prophet wrote, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so, Father, this morning, we bring many requests to the throne of grace. Some spoken. Father, some carried on our hearts. But, Father, I'm thankful today that you know each one you know them by name. And Father, I pray that you would provide today what only you can in their lives. And Father, I pray this morning that your word would accomplish what you intend for it to do. And our prayer this morning is for nothing more than for your will to be done here as it is in heaven. We ask all of this this morning in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, you can be seated. It's good to see each one of you. Uh, Just a couple of quick things for you. Let me uh, share this with you. If you have ever, ever wanted to go to Israel, if you've ever wanted to take that trip, if that is on your bucket list, okay? Okay. February the 20th through March the 6th, um, we will be taking a group to Israel. This trip is different from most of the trips that have been taken. Uh, This particular trip that we're taking, uh, February the 20th through March the 6th, uh, we will start in Jordan. We will be going and traveling uh, to Petra. And then from Petra, we will make our way back into Tel Aviv, and then from Tel Aviv up to Caesarea, and on up around uh, from the coast uh, up to the region of Galilee, and then eventually down into the Judean region. So if you've ever wanted to go, I would encourage you uh, to consider it. There will be a meeting this afternoon here at the church in the Family Life Center at 4 o'clock. For anyone who is interested in attending or going on this trip, I will say this to you, it will be the experience of a lifetime. And uh, so if you've ever wanted to go, and you've ever considered going, uh, then I would be there at 4 o'clock this afternoon as we share more with you about that trip. Amen? And uh, tonight at 5.30, we should finish up the book of Ezekiel. I say that, we should, okay? Uh, We will see. Uh, But I would encourage you to be back at 5.30 tonight and just all of the other activities that we have and the other things, just pay attention to the calendar and those things that are yet coming. And uh, it's today that we worship uh, the one who is worthy of all of our praise and all of our honor and all of our glory. And we can, with blessed assurance know. That he will keep that that he's committed to us, that we've committed to him. He'll keep that until we go home to be with him one day. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Red's going to come lead us. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine.
1: I want to know Thank you, Father, for the the relationship you've given to us through your Son. And as our pastor comes in a moment to preach your word, God, we lift him to you. We pray your blessing upon him. We pray that you speak to our hearts through your servant this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. His mercy is more.
0: How about that? Well, I want to talk to you about memorials today. You know, uh, traveling around the world, as I've had the opportunity and the privilege to do so, being in many countries and many places around the world, they're not without their memorials. Uh, When you visit places like Auschwitz uh, and you see the memorial that has been put in place, Dachau, Um, All of those that have been put in place um, just to the heinous, heinous activity that was leveled against the Jews. When you go to places like Belarus and you climb the top of all of that winding staircase to get to the top to a memorial in Belarus, there's a memorial to all of those who sacrificed and gave their lives in defense for even Belarus. And the list could just go on and on and on and on. I guess probably the one that I'm moved by more than, than anything else is when I have been in Washington, D.C., standing at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and standing there and watching that is um, the Honor Guard um, tends to and cease to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And every time, I'm, every time I'm there, and then as I have the opportunity to make my way to Arlington Cemetery and look across Arlington Cemetery at all of, all of the markers that are out there, all of those markers representing the lives of all of those who gave their lives in service for this great nation that we live in today. Memorials and monuments, they're, they're all over And they're everywhere. But this morning, there's something else. It kind of goes along these lines. How quickly our memories fade. How quickly they fade. How quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to look at one such account today of a memorial that was put in place. Memorials and memories. And oh, by the way, let me say this. And when I talk about memories fading, I'm not talking about from age. (laughs) Because that's going to happen. But I'm talking about those things that have been placed that are there today for us to see. For us to witness, to be a part of our lives, and, and who we are. And I want to ask you another question. As a believer today, as a Christian, do you have a memorial put in place? Do, do you have a memorial put in place? I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go through Joshua chapter number 4 beginning in verse number one, God taught Israel many important lessons on their way from Egypt to Canaan. And I mean, it was lesson after lesson. But there was probably no lesson more important than the lesson drawn from the memorial stones that was erected. Joshua chapter four, beginning in verse number one, notice the account. And now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, The Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Now, they've just crossed it. They stood on the other side of it. And by the way, let me just kind of paint the picture for you here. This generation that is now crossing over the Jordan River is not that generation that crossed over the Red Sea and was in the wilderness. This is that new generation under the leadership of Joshua as Joshua takes them across the Jordan River. And imagine standing on the other side of the Jordan River Looking at the Jordan River, wondering how in the world we're going to get from this place over to this place, and we've got to go across the river. And now imagine being them as the river is separated. As God separates the Jordan River. And the children of Israel are going to once again walk across on dry ground. But Joshua tells them in verse number two: I want you to take twelve men, take yourselves Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe. That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? If you go back to Numbers chapter 12 through chapter 14, you'll quickly recall that there was another occurrence where 12 men were selected. 12 of them were sent into the land of Canaan to spy out the land. 12 of them brought back a report. 10 of them said, there's no way. Two of them said, yes way. We can. It's been given to us. We need to go and do what God has commanded us to do. And oh, by the way, just in case you may not be able to keep it straight, this is the same Joshua that went into the land of Canaan to spy out the land of Canaan that is now going to lead the children of Israel across the Jordan River. Twelve men he selects out of the children of Israel. Verse number three, he commands them saying, Take up for yourselves yourselves. Twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. In other words, at Gilgal, that's where they're going to lodge. They will take these twelve stones, and they're going to place them and build a memorial of what God accomplished there at the Jordan River. Verse 4. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And then in verse 6, he said, Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, say, What do these stones mean to you? Then you'll say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. And it was important here for Israel never to forget this great miracle, to remember it to remember back to this day when they saw with their own eyes God part the Jordan River it was a reminder of what God did for his people it was a reminder of the faithfulness of God it was a reminder that the promises made by God in the covenant that he made with Abraham that eventually they would go to the promised land they are making their way there just as God had said that it would occur And so all of those who are with Joshua this day, as they see and watch the Jordan River as it's parted, and matter of fact, it is told to them, this is a memorial, and this memorial is going to be erected, and this is the reason it's going to be erected. So when the day comes that your children ask you, what is the meaning of these stones? You'll be able to tell them, "This this was the spot. This was the moment when God accomplished his promise with the children of Israel, parted the Jordan River, and they walked across on dry ground. That's what it was for. That was what it was for, for them to hear that. Look at verse 19 of chapter 4. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the, tenth, the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern edge of Jericho. Those 12 stones which they had taken from the Jordan... Joshua set up at Gilgal, and he said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel, crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed. Verse 24 probably is the key to all of this chapter. It is the summary statement of the whole entire chapter. And notice what it says. So that all of the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You see these stones was to remind, they were to remind Israel that God is a great God. He's a God of great power. He is a God of great glory. That's who he is. And my dear friend, it was a reminder so that when your children come up and ask you, they ask you, what is the meaning of these stones? Then you will be able to go back and say, those stones represent the day that the mighty hand of God parted the Jordan River. We walked across on dry ground and entered into the land of Canaan and promised that God had promised through Abraham. That's the purpose of them. For them to understand and to see the power and the moving of a mighty and a holy God. My dear friend, today we find ourselves in the culture that we live in today. And I'll tell you quite frankly and quite, truthful, uh, quite, uh, quite truthfully with you today, I, I, I hear the statistics, I see them. And I understand the significance sometimes of, of having to look at statistics But my dear friend, if all we do is spend time looking at the statistics, we're never going to understand and realize what desperately needs to take place today. You can go to church every week. You can show up on Sunday at 1030 in the morning for a worship service. You can set through Sunday school. You can go to discipleship. You can do all of those things. My dear friend, listen to me. My concern today is the number of young people that are walking away from the faith. They're walking away from the church today. Why is that? Why are they turning their backs on the things of God? Why are they turning their backs on the faith? Why are they walking away from the church today? My dear friend, I hope we draw something this morning from Joshua chapter number 4. And I want you to notice what it is. Joshua told them, when your children ask you, the fathers, what is the meaning of these stones, then you will answer your children. My dear friend, listen to me. Our kids today need more than just on Sundays. They need more than just 45 minutes in Sunday school on Sunday mornings. It ought to be Monday through Sunday. It ought to be spoken of. It ought to be seen. It ought to be heard in our homes today across America to the power and the glory and the moving of a mighty and a holy God. I only believe today the reason that we're seeing this It's because of this lack of speaking, teaching, talking about, being involved in the things of God in our homes. And mighty friend, I'm going to ask you a simple question this morning. Do you have a place? Do Do you have a place back in your life where you saw the mighty hand of God move in a mighty way in your own life? I do. I have one of those places. I have one of those times that I often go back to. I have one of those that I often go back to in my own heart, in my own life. And I remember that Sunday morning sitting in a chair, not many rows back in Jacksonville, Florida, listening to Brother Clint Andrews as he preached that morning. The title of the message I still remember today over 30 years ago You cannot have a servant's heart until you've had a changed heart. In that day, sitting in that chair in Jacksonville, Florida, when the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of my heart and I realized at that point in time what was missing in my own life, oh, I had a knowledge of who Jesus was. I was raised in a Christian home. I was brought up in church. I was in church every time the doors were open. Matter of fact, I tell folks I was taken to church nine months before I ever saw the light of day. Folks, listen to me. This is where we've got to get back to today. And sometimes I go back and revisit that spot. I hear all this talk today and, and all of this discussion about science disproving this and disproving this. And God doesn't really exist. And, and if, you, if you place your trust and faith in this book that you call the Bible, you're, you're headed down the wrong path in life. It's going to end in nothing but just absolute dismay my dear friend I remind myself over and over and over again I visit that spot when the Holy Spirit of God spoke to my heart that day there was no doubt in my mind what took place and then when I walk outside and I look up into the heavens and I look at the sky and I look at the stars and I look at all of the universe yeah I'm a science guy matter of fact more specifically I'm a space guy I love space And let me tell you why I love space. I think it's just a further confirmation and affirmation as to the holiness and the power of a mighty God that we serve today, of who he is. I think it absolutely does nothing more than affirm for us what we read in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the very glory of God. His hand is seen in the firmament of the heavens. All of that declares the glory of God and who he is. And my dear friend, listen to me, our kids need to hear that. They need to see it more than just on Sunday or on Wednesday nights. That's what they need to see. You know, Jacob Jacob went back to a place. Jacob took his family and traveled back to a place in his own life. Matter of fact, Jacob erected an altar at Bethel as a memorial to the moving of God during a very difficult time in his life. If you'll take your Bibles and flip back to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35. Jacob, if I just kind of share with you where he is, what is taking place. When you go back to chapter 28 of the book of Genesis, you'll find where Jacob had the vision of the ladder and the angels ascending and descending out of heaven. And that is when Jacob, as he woke, he said, surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And Jacob erected a site there in Bethel. He placed a memorial there in Bethel as a reminder of what took place between him and God. But we come to chapter 35, and let me say this, Jacob has been vacant from there for a number of years. Verse 1 of chapter 35, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and live there, and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and purify yourselves. Change your garments and let us arise and let us go up to Bethel. And I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have come. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods. Which they had, and the rings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was near Shechem. And as they journeyed, there was a great terror upon the cities which were round them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. You see, for several years, Jacob had lingered about thirty miles away from Bethel, and had paid dearly for his disobedience. Go read between Genesis 28 and Genesis chapter 35, and you'll find all of those things that Jacob suffered as a result of his own disobedience. But guess where he went back to? He went back to Bethel. You see, that's where it started with Jacob. It started at Bethel. And my dear friend, all of us that are here today, sometimes it doesn't hurt for us to travel back and visit the place where it all started. To go back and just spend some time in the place that it started. Just as an affirmation and a a confirming of where we are in our own lives. Jacob knew in his heart that he needed to return to Bethel. He knew that. Matter of fact when you think about this and consider Jacob, he had come from the house of Laban and now to the house of God and that's the journey that Jacob had made but let's go back to judges chapter number 4 but no sooner had the children of israel the people settled in the land of canaan that their memories began to fade their memories begin to fade My dear friend, all it takes is one generation to come to a place where God is removed, where God is forgotten. And so, my dear friend, we're going to move from Joshua chapter number four, and we're going to fast forward just a little bit, and we're going to go into Judges chapter number two. Two generations are going to come, and it's these two generations that something very tragic is going to happen. Go to Judges chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 6. Judges chapter 2, verse number 6. How many of y'all, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all remember the other fellow that uh, walked alongside of Joshua? Caleb? How many of y'all remember Caleb? How many of y'all remember the request that Caleb made? when they were in the land of Canaan and back in the book of Numbers, Caleb made this statement that there was a mountain that he wanted. And if he ever saw fit that God would allow them to be there, he wanted that mountain. Well, what's interesting is when you go to Joshua chapter 14, don't turn with me there right now, but we're going to go and take a look at it. Judges chapter, or Joshua chapter 14. Caleb saw that mountain, and Caleb said, I want that mountain. How many of y'all have ever heard a song? It was made popular by Robbie Heiner. Robbie Heiner did the music for Jerry Falwell at Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. When Thomas Road Baptist Church first got started, Robbie Heiner was about that tall. Okay? How many of y'all, any of y'all remember a song that he made famous entitled, I Want That Mountain? How many of you have heard it? If you've heard it, raise your hand. If you have not heard it, raise your hand. I'm glad you all raised your hand. <laughs> you ready for this? Huh? I want that mountain. I want that mountain. Where the milk and honey flow and the grapes of escrow roll, I want that mountain. I want that mountain. I want that mountain that the Lord has given me. Now, I can't sing quite as high as Robbie Heiner does, okay? But that's it. So guess what? When all of you leave here today, anybody ask you ever heard the song, I want that mountain? You can't say that you've never heard it now. Caleb. 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 Caleb walked beside Joshua. Why did he, why, what was it? What was it that allowed Caleb to walk beside of Joshua? What was it that allowed Caleb when he saw that mountain, that he wanted that mountain? And he's old up in age. And Caleb said, even if I have to fight to get it, I have as much fight in me right now as I had when we went into the land of Canaan and spied it out the first time. Where did it come from? Let me tell you how, let me tell you, let me tell you where Caleb strengthened himself. He strengthened himself in the power and the glory of a holy and a mighty God. That's where he found it. What about us today? My dear friend, listen to me. This same God This same God, this God right here that we're reading about, this same God that parted the Red Sea, this same God that parted the Jordan River, this same God that allowed the children of Israel to walk across on dry ground, that's the same God that you and I serve today. Why do we act like he's any different? My dear friend, listen to me, our children... Our children and young people today, they need to hear it every time. They need to hear it from the rising up and the going down, from the coming in and the going out. They need to hear about the power and the glory of a mighty God and what he's accomplished in our hearts and lives. I tell you this, I don't want to make you mad here, but it's not our responsibility to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's yours. We get the privilege to just affirm and confirm what should already be being taught in the home. Judges chapter number 2, verse 6. When Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land... People served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. And you ought to underline that phrase. They seen it. They witnessed it. They saw it. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnath. He in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaish. Verse 10. And all of that generation, the generation that went with Joshua into the land of Canaan, that he led across the Jordan River, and all of that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Verse 11. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the Baals. Yes, even the memorial stones. Sadly and heartbreaking, in just two generations, all of Israel had forsaken the God who was responsible for everything they had. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever stopped just to consider what you have? Today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, have you ever stopped to just consider what you have? And I know some of y'all saying, Yeah, I got a house, and that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not speaking about anything material here. What I'm talking about here is everything spiritual. Do you understand? Do you realize what you have? because of his love, because of his grace, and because of his mercy. Do you realize that you're an heir? You're a joint heir with Christ. Are you ready for this? (laughs) You don't deserve it. And neither do I. Do you understand and realize what a privilege it is for us to call him Father? Father. Do you understand what a privilege it is for one day we're going to spend all of eternity with Him? Are you ready for this? Has absolutely nothing with what you did. That's what our kids need to hear. They need to hear, "I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see." I can't necessarily explain to you how all of a sudden I can see. The only thing I can tell you is this. God did a work in my heart and life that has never quit. There's nothing wrong with memorials at all. But I'm afraid sometimes we may be trying to hold on to some memorials and they're good to go back to and you know I remember as a as a child growing up as I said I was raised in a Christian home I remember revivals that used to start on Sunday morning run all the way through till the next Sunday okay every night okay and they didn't start till 7:30 okay and oh yeah we were in school that's right we sure were okay but we were in those services Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Didn't start till 7.30. Sometimes we didn't get home till 10.30 or 11 o'clock that night. I remember one evangelist that came. He must have been 10 foot tall. Wore a black suit every time he stood in the pulpit to preach. He carried a Bible that I believe weighed as much as I did. He carried that thing underneath his arm. Had that black suit on, he also had something else with him that he carried everywhere he went, it was a white handkerchief. And I can see that white handkerchief just like it was yesterday. But I remember when he'd get into the pulpit, and you might as well get ready, it wasn't gonna be twenty minutes, it wasn't gonna be thirty minutes, it wasn't gonna be forty minutes or forty five minutes. Okay? You were fortunate if it was under an hour and fifteen minutes, because he was going from the book of Genesis all the way through to the book of the Revelation. But I remember he'd get into that pulpit and he'd take and he'd get up there and he'd open that big old Bible and he'd take that black suit coat off and he'd reach up and grab his tie and he'd loosen that tie and un- unbutton his shirt and he'd start preaching and pretty soon he'd reach in his back pocket and he'd pull out that white handkerchief and every time he would talk about the faithfulness and the mercy and the love and the grace of God that handkerchief would go in the air. I bet there are many of us in here today that would absolutely love because our minds go back to some of us who have been there, to those services where you've seen an absolute outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God and the moving of God throughout an entire service. Nobody was in a hurry to get finished. Everybody was there weeping and watching God move. People were being saved. Lives were being changed. And I know many of us Would love and we long for to see a day like that again. Well, my friend, I have a simple question for you. Why not? Why not? It starts with us. There's nothing wrong with memorials, provided they don't become religious idols to turn our hearts from God. And we fail to serve God in the present. You know, the next generation, they need a reminder. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Second Timothy chapter number 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. As Paul encourages the heart of Timothy. This is a very familiar one. I have it underlined, highlighted parentheses around it in my Bible. Paul told Timothy, for I also suffer these things. He said, but I'm not ashamed. And Paul went on to tell Timothy, because I know whom I have believed, and I am... Convinced or persuaded that he is able to keep that or to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day do you do you is that where you is that where you are today i know whom i've put my trust and faith in memorials memorials are one thing but these reminders must also strengthen their faith Help move them closer to the Lord. You know, it's amazing to me. We expect our kids to be closer to the Lord than sometimes we are. Why is that? We expect them to turn out perfect. We expect them to be walking models of a disciple of Christ. Let me tell you something. I've had to ask my own self this question. Well, what are you modeling to them? What are you modeling to them? You see, this miracle of the parting of the Jordan River was to be a sign, not just to Israel, but to all of the peoples that were around them. When you go back to Joshua chapter 4, and you look at that last verse, verse 25, it tells us, it gives us the reason, it's the summary behind why. It says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. For who? All the peoples around. A testimony to his greatness. And then you read the last part of verse 25. And it was to bring the Israelites to fear God all of their days. What does that mean? That is accord to God the worship and the allegiance that's due to him. The end of verse 25. So that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I can tell you this. When God saved me, (laughs) boy, he turned me upside down, inside out. I, I can't begin to describe the ways that he did. Unbeknownst to me that a year later he'd called me into the ministry, and that's where I've been ever since. And my dear friend, let me share something with you. It just gets sweeter today. I don't know about you, but it just it gets sweeter. Every day that I travel this road, it gets sweeter. As a matter of fact, it goes back. They wrote a song about that. So you're gonna get a, you're gonna get some music this morning. How many of y'all have ever heard the song It Gets Sweeter? Anybody? How many of you have never heard that song? Go ahead, you can raise your hand, because guess what's missing to happen for you this morning? <laughs> yeah, it goes something like this: it gets sweeter. As the days go by, it gets sweeter. As the moments fly, his love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days. Oh, look at there. (laughs) Miss Jenny, are you ready? Huh? Brother Red's going to come. Are you ready? You're ready. All right, here's what we're going to do. I, let, let me ask you a question. Does he get sweeter every day with you? He ought to. If he doesn't, then you might want to check your heart because he ought to get sweeter. The journey ought to get sweeter. Does the journey get difficult? It does. But my dear friend, oh, it gets sweeter. Let me tell you why it gets sweeter when we realize and understand that it's not about us. It's all about Him. When we understand it's not within sight of our capabilities or our abilities. It's all about the power and the glory of God Himself. And guess what? He just allows us to be a part of it. I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing this. We're going to teach it to you this morning. And here's what I want you to do. And if you want to, you can even put your hands together as we sing it through this morning. It's Miss Jenny Place. Here we go. All right. It gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. Here we go. You ready again? Sweeter. Come on. You can do better than that. Let's go. It gets sweeter. As the moments fly, here it comes love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. I don't know about you but my prayer over the last couple of weeks is just to see a moving of God my dear friend it starts with us it starts with each one of us individually you know we sit here and we sing that song he's sweeter oh he's sweeter let me ask you a question is he sweeter to you? is he sweeter to you? I'm going to pray. This altar is open down here this morning. These front pews are open. The seat where you are. I challenge you to do this this morning. Do you want to see a moving of God? Then let's ask Him. Father, this time we place into your hands. May the Holy Spirit just have free reign in our hearts and lives this morning. God, accomplish in us what only you can. God, help us, I pray, to be able to see the river as it was divided and parted and that dry ground to walk across. Father, looking forward to one day when the rivers are going to be divided and we're going to walk across on dry ground. Into your presence. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to call you our Father. And we ask all this in Jesus' name as Miss Jenny plays that this morning. If God has spoken to your heart, if you want to come to this altar and pray, I'm going to ask you to do so. Or in the pew where you are for the next couple of moments, do you want to see a mighty moving of God? Then let's ask him. Let's ask him. Let's not wait. Do you? Do you? Let's go to our knees. Let's ask Him. Let's ask Him. Church, do you? Altar's open. It's open up here for anybody who wants to come pray. God, you know our hearts. Father, as the psalmist wrote, search me, O God. Know my heart, know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And if there is, to remove it. And lead me in the paths of righteousness that are right. God, may you be sweeter May you be sweeter to us every day. May we follow the Holy Spirit. May we seek you in all that we do. And Father, I pray, my prayer is for you just to move in this place is only you can. Father, we love you and we praise you for who you are today and we ask all of this in Jesus name and for his sake amen all right now you know a song he gets sweeter have a wonderful afternoon we'll see you back at four o'clock if you plan to go to Israel 5 30 tonight as we finish up the book of Ezekiel amen